This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hi-de-ho, my friends out there. This is Laravel News, episode 197. The date today is July 27th, 2023. Thanks so much for joining us on the show and hanging out with us. Michael, how's it going, my friend? It is going quite well. Uh, we're starting to see a little bit of sunlight here. Mm-hmm. Starting to mm-hmm. get a little bit warmer. The days are getting longer. The trees are starting to show signs of life. It's, bloom. It's getting to that wonderful time of year. Are they starting to bloom, the trees? They are. We have the the house next to us that have like an almond tree okay and as soon as you start seeing those white flowers start you know to grow coming. you know you summer's know, coming you know it's coming it's right around you know the corner coming. and it's like crazy we're only 10 days into august so you know i suppose we're getting close but i it, i think it's a little bit earlier this year than what it, what it has been in years previous there's other trees around us that are still still looking a little bit dead but the almond tree is in full bloom at the moment and it's, well, it's it. good. Yep. Yeah. I always knew it was my birthday when the, um, oh, I'm going to forget what they are now. Anyway, there was one bush. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, lilac. I think it's lilac bush. When the lilac bush mm-hmm. would bloom, I knew it was right around the corner for my birthday. And so now for you guys, it's the almond, the almond tree that it's blooming. There the you go. It's, tree. it's close, close to summer and we're getting closer mm-hmm. to fall here in the Northern hemisphere, but that's okay. It's been good. I was just uh, traveling to northern Michigan, and it was pretty warm up there, actually. Um, and so we just got back today. Six and a half hour road trip. So good to be home. Good to be home. It's nice. been, been a while since we've been back. Lots of uh, vacations to end out the summer and back at it now, back at our normal schedule. And the kids are going back to school soon. So mm-hmm. there we have it. Well, hey, we've got uh, nice. a news-heavy episode ahead of us. Why don't we jump right in? Laravel 10.16 to start out with. This week, which was the week of July 26th, the Laravel team. And I said, you know what I said? I said the date is July 27th. It is not the 27th. It is August 9th. It's not even It's not even July. No, it's just you left it on the episode notes. I just put it in there. Dang it. Mm. August 9th. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, and also, hey, Honey Badger, thanks so much for uh, sponsoring the show today. We appreciate that. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Error tracking and monitoring for your Laravel applications. Back to Laravel 10.16. So this was released the week of July 26th. It has support for backed enums in the collections, group by method, improvements to the schedule list output for subminute tasks, and allowing binding of IPv6 addresses in Artisan Serve. Let's start with the improvement of the display of subminute tasks in Artisan. So Jess Archer, I believe, was the one who introduced this idea of subminute tasks in a previous release of Laravel. And what this is, is if you have tasks that you have scheduled in your kernel that you need to run more often than once a, once a minute, you can now do that, which is great. Previously, we had two packages that would sort of take care of that problem for you. There was pseudo daemons, uh, which was Aaron Francis. And then there was another sub second or sub minute one uh, by Spassi, but now it's baked into the core. However, uh, the the listing, the schedule list was not necessarily built for that. So if you look at this now for your subminute tasks, it will include displaying the repeat frequency where applicable. So it'll say next due, uh, and it'll tell you how many seconds from now it's supposed to be. And then it will also display how many times it repeats. So it'll say like 
uh, one second, five seconds, every 15 seconds, every 10 seconds, whatever you might have along the left-hand side and on the right-hand side, it'll stay when it is next due. So very nice, very nice uh, improvement there to the artisan schedule list command. We also have allowing binding of IPv6 addresses with artisan serve. Uh, so Marillo Chianfa contributed adding detection patterns of IPv6 addresses to the artisan serve command. So previously, this would only work with IPv4, but now you can bind it to an IPv6 IP address. So that's helpful. Ostop Brehen contributed support for backed enum in the collection group by method. So um, this is something I think that previously was introduced to allow you to do some logic inside of enums, uh, enum castings. I think something like that. I'd have to go look at the documentation again. Taylor talked about this a little bit at Laracon. No, actually, this might be a PHP. I think it's more of a PHP thing. limitation. Yeah, it's PHP limitation. You can't you can't use an enum as an array key. So this is because we have the luxury of the the collections abstraction over the top of array functionality. It's essentially identifying this is a backed enum, which is one that can return a string or an integer value, and it's doing that translation for you. So instead of having to you know key by dollar enum arrow status uh, sorry arrow value or arrow name you can just pass it the the collection uh, sorry you can just pass it the enum itself and it will handle doing that resolution for you of the backed enum that's really nice actually this is something and i so i do remember taylor talking about this but i thought at the time that this was um a php thing that was introduced but it's not <laughs> it is in fact a no. php language thing I need to look more into this actually because there's been a couple of times where I've needed this and was not able to do so. I didn't even know this existed, this backed enum deal here. So I need to do a little bit more looking into this. Uh, I think this could be helpful for me in a package that we just created actually. So thanks for mm -hmm. uh, explaining that a bit better than my current understanding of that, Michael. Thank you very much. Now you can see the complete list of new features and updates uh, in the diff between 10.15 and 10.16 on GitHub. And then the release notes are in the change log, which we will include in the show notes. There we go. Just just to, just to round that out. So you've got basic enumerations in PHP and you've got backed enumerations mm -hmm. or backed enum. So the basic enumerations are where you just have enum status and then you've got case pending, case void, case expired, right? Sure. And so you've got to access them, you would create this new enum object and you would say dollar status arrow name, and that would reference the case value. But in some situations, you're wanting to do this for, you know, so you don't have magic strings floating around your application. And so the backed enum allows you to map the case to either a string or an integer value. So you would have enum status colon string or colon int. And then your case would be, you know, case pending equals zero or you know or if you're doing it as a string you know you might have uppercase or studly caps so capital p lowercase ending and then when you save that to your database you might want to use you know lowercase for the whole word so that allows you to kind of have those different things and then you can access the values and the names independently just to just to round out that enum talk mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I'm still looking. I, I'm still. I still need to wrap my head a little bit more around the backed enum thing inside of PHP because I've still not figured that out exactly. Ah, it's just an interface. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look more into it. But yes, thank you. Thank you for writing that one up. Okay. Yeah. Then on to Excellent. the news. 
news. As Jake said, very news heavy. And starting up, this one is the State of Laravel Survey is back for 2023. Tobias Petrie leads a community effort to collect information on the state of the Laravel community by running a yearly survey. It is a way to compile opinions and development behavior of developers and teams worldwide and is not something backed by any major corporations, nor is it something that collects the data to sell. Instead, it is a simple way for us as the Laravel community to see which development approaches and trends are emerging or vanishing to stay current. So the, the survey itself is now in its third year. And so we've got a little bit of data to go back a couple of years and compare, you know, what other programming languages people are using, what they're using on the front end, whether they're using server-side rendering like Blade or Livewire, or if they're using client-side rendering with an API or with Inertia.js, all kinds of different and interesting statistics that are available and that are captured there. It's a, it's a pretty quick survey, only a handful of questions. It took me about five minutes to go through it earlier today. So um, the stats themselves won't blow your mind necessarily, but it's an excellent source of information if you're looking for ways to compare yourself with other developers to validate, you know, whether you should be using a new trend. You know, is everyone using TypeScript now? Let's go and check that out. No, lots of people, by the look of things, are still using, you know, JavaScript predominantly. You know, almost 90% of people in uh, 2022, for example, that, that responded to the survey were using JavaScript. TypeScript was only around 30%. So it's still, still something that maybe you can have a cursory look at, but make your own choices and decisions there. Um, interesting to see that two-thirds of everyone that is using Laravel is also writing unit tests. A good half are using coding standard fixes. Static analysis, not as popular as people would have you believe. So um, as I said, you can check out the survey. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes for you. Very nice. We actually did a little bit out of order here. So the Laravel team released 10.17 with Laravel prompts, a config show artisan command, and a collection method to ensure types and more. So let's start with the Laravel prompts. So this is something that Jess Archer demoed at Laracon this year. 10.17 includes a new dependency for the Laravel prompts package, which uh, has various built-in artisan commands, ha having received updates to incorporate these prompts into the experience, which are amazing. The documentation for prompts can be found on the Laravel website. And in our notes here, it shows a couple different demos. So if you were to say artisan make controller, it asks you which type of controller you would like to make, an empty, a resource, a singleton, an API, or an invocable. Uh, this also works when you do PHP artisan make anything, really. You could say artisan make model, and then it'll ask you all the things like, do you want to create a migration? Do you want to create a factory? Do you want to create a model? Do you want to create controllers for it even, et cetera, et cetera, and down the line it goes. Uh, so would highly recommend watching Jess Archer's Unveiling Laravel Prompts talk from Laracon, which you can find for free on YouTube. Uh, there's also a link in the show notes here. Uh, so this really improves the developer experience around these generator commands. Uh, previously, you'd do something like Laravel Artisan, sorry, PHP Artisan Make uh, Model and then dash dash help. If you wanted to look at through all the different commands and flags you can put on the end, and now you don't have to do that. It will just guide you through the process really nicely using this new Laravel prompts package and uh, the different commands that have now been updated to include it. Francisco Madeira contributed a config show artisan command that you can use to see configuration from the command lines. You could say artisan config show, and then uh, you could say logging.default, which would then pull back the config value for the logging.default. Uh, you can also pass just a top-level config, right? So you could just say logging and it would return all those values for you. Uh, they also have nested values, which you can see too. So if there's not just a single value that's returned, so like if you wanted to say php artisan config show auth.guards, 
it would show you all the different guards that were defined in there as well. Uh, and it looks really, really nice. So well done on that. Uh, new collection insure method. So Chris Morell contributed a new insure method on the collection class that ensures the type of all the items in the collection. So you could say collect dollar sign users and then arrow insure and then user class as the argument there. And what that will do is it will make sure that all of the items in that collection are of a specific type. In this case, the user class. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Interesting. I've, I've not uh, seen something like that before. Lastly, let's talk about Dries Vince contributed PHP 8.3 builds in the Laravel core, which now includes 8.3 in the GitHub testing matrix. So this ensures that as people update to 8.3, they'll have a seamless transition to support the new PHP versions in November later this year. So thank you, Laravel core team for that, as well as all the contributors who made 10.17 possible. Filament version 3 is now out and includes many new features, including a completely refreshed UI, a new website, Livewire version 3 support, and more. Some of the new features of Filament include action modals everywhere, open modals and slide overs from any button on the page, even nested modals within other modals with full state preservation. So if you've ever used Statomic and it's got that kind of slide over thing where you mm -hmm. just click things and new things slide over and like that little filing system kind of interface. This is now something that's available to you in Filament. There's also powerful table reporting, which allows you to summarize table builder rows with a suite of aggregate functions to calculate statistics and provide an analytical overview of your data. It allows you to group rows together by common attributes and summarize that data as well. Using the panel builder to build a multi-tenant application with subscription billing at record speed, which allows you to switch between tenants without leaving the panel. So there's multi-tenancy support. There's beautiful read-only view pages, unlimited panels in one app, improved theme customization, documentation. There is a live demo. And I suppose to circle back, if you're not familiar with Filament, Filament is a open source free, as I understand it. Mm -hmm. Admin, it's it's not really an admin admin thing. So when you think of Nova, you kind of think of you know, rapidly, the, the ability to rapidly develop an admin panel. Whereas Filament kind of takes that step a little bit further and allows you to kind of build out a more complete application. So where, where Nova is more for your administration side of things, Filament kind of gives you the tools and the components to build out more of your application mm -hmm. as well as the admin side of things. Uh, so it's free, it's open source, it's what they term batteries included. And it allows you to, you know, it's got a panel builder, a form builder, a table builder, notifications, actions, a whole bunch of other stuff. It's built on the tall stack. So using Tailwind, Alpine, Laravel, and Livewire under the hood. Um, so you can check all of that out. We'll have links to it in the, the show notes. Congratulations to the team on the release of their new version. Uh, the website looks Website really looks good. great. Yeah, exactly. I actually reached out to the designer who did that. I should know his name, but I don't remember his name. I just saw his Twitter handle, and I saw he did this, and he also he did, did the, uh, sushi yeah. for Caleb Porzio. The, the, the new sushi yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly, which is pretty cool too. So I think he likes these like, 3D animations mm. and does a good job. So uh, maybe not even animations, yeah. 3D designs. Um, looks really good. Anyway, he did a great yeah. job. So nice job on the new site. Hey, I also want to talk about Volt here. So um, the Laravel team has recently released Volt, and this allows you to build full Livewire components right inside of your Blade views. So this was shown when Taylor was showing off Folio, uh, which is like intelligent, simple page routing to, you know, these little Blade pages on your on your website, which is really cool. But then he said, wouldn't it be nice if you could do something with Livewire on these pages too to add some interactivity? 
And so that was where they talked about Volt, which allows you to to bundle up those live art components in your blade views. So at Laracon, it was released with this functional sort of syntax. You could import Volt's uh, different functions at the top, and you'd wrap your live wire functionality for state or computed properties or actions in those particular pieces that were exposed through those functions, right? Uh, so for example, you might import the livewire slash volt slash state and livewire slash volt slash rules. And then inside of there, you'd say rules, which is like a function. And then you'd put inside of that, I'm sorry, yeah, inside of that function, you would just put your rules, right? And then if you had the state, you would say uh, function, uh, sorry, save equals function, validate, post, create, return, redirect posts. So you had the ability to do these things, but it did feel a little bit not as familiar for people who were used to the Livewire syntax. So as of today, the Laravel team has released version 1.0-beta.3, which introduces a new class-based syntax for Volt components. So this allows you to write Livewire components using that more traditional syntax that you're used to, but still fit all this inside your blade files. So for example, you can create that same component we were just talking about previously, but in the top, you just say new class extends component and you write it just like what you have written Livewire before. And then you have in the same page, your blade component just listed right below it. Uh, so this feels really interesting. This feels like a Livewire component, more like a view sort of-esque Single file Single compiled. File. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is something I've always really loved. Now, now the here the interesting thing you could have done, and you can you could do this in Livewire components, by the way, right? Is you could just so what this does is this sort of takes a blade file and then puts the livewire component at the top. What you can also do mm-hmm. is with the livewire component inside the render method, you can just return a here docs syntax sort of blade file inside there right so it just sort of depends like which is the mm-hmm. which is the first class citizen right is the blade file containing a lot and you just need a little bit of live wire functionality yeah maybe volt is the right sort of way to go that if you have a larger component and your blade file is just a little piece of that maybe you kind of go the other way where you take a live wire component and you just put in that render method you put the here doc syntax and return some blade it's really up to you but this gives you the flexibility to do either way uh which is really interesting mm-hmm. So let us know what you think. Yeah, I think the interesting thing for me is, you know, bringing that single file component sort of behavior that that is fairly prominent in Vue and I think React's probably a little bit more split out maybe. Don't cry me out that, I haven't used it. But I know certainly Vue was typically you'd put your all of your script at the top, yep. which is, you know, the effectively the equivalent of your PHP class here. And then all of your, your job, or your, sorry, your presentation, so your HTML at the bottom. And I think this, the functional API is nice. I think the class-based approach is a little bit nicer still. It kind of contains, it encapsulates everything. It kind of keeps everything together. So as you say, it's up to you which which approach you take, whether you use functional or if you use the class-based, if you put you know everything. I, th- I think this is probably more familiar if you've used Vue single file components. Yeah, that's that's what it is for me. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of gives you that de- demarcation point, not just you know the opening and closing PHP tags, but you know there is a class here and it's got some things in it. And it kind of gives you the ability to not have to reach for these namespace functions and things like that. It's all kind of self-contained. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that translates to the real world and what people are doing, but um, nice to have options, of course. Yeah, and again, the other thing with this too is that you can still test this just as you would have tested a Livewire component previously. It's just that the way that you refer to these in your testing now is volt colon colon, and then I think you pass the name of the blade page, and then it will use that to actually 
execute your tasks against it. So again, tomato, tomato, right? It's like you can either do a live wire task or you could do a volt task. Both of them will work. Uh, you're not really sacrificing much either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of, you know, view and inertia and live wire, one thing that, that we have talked about previously um, on the show and one thing that is obviously a fairly common talking point in the world is whether or not you should use Laravel Livewire or Inertia. And Taylor tweeted about this recently, that it come up often enough and it's easy to confuse one or the other, especially with Livewire now being hosted on the Livewire, uh, sorry, on the Laravel website at livewire.laravel.com. So to help clear up any differences and discrepancies and, and perceived pushing of, of one over the other, Taylor has said in a tweet, it's come up a few times lately, so he wanted to clarify something regarding Livewire, quote, versus, end quote, inertia, and a few other things about inertia in general. Comparing the two doesn't make sense. You should compare Livewire to view or to React. Why? Inertia isn't a front-end framework, but rather a JSON protocol specification that allows backends, not just Laravel, to communicate with a React, view, or Svelte front-end um, what page to load and with what data. The various Inertia backends and front-end libraries essentially just provide helpers for working with that protocol. When viewed with that understanding, Inertia is, quote, complete software. And at heart, it is a wire protocol specification to allow you to build Livewire and React or View or Svelte apps in a monolithic approach. So using, you know, Laravel for all of your controllers and routes and all of that kind of stuff, and then whatever you want on the front end, essentially. It does it very well. It is 100% complete in that regard, and it solves the problem it's set out to solve, which means it is stable. And you shouldn't expect to get loads of new features um, why you're using inertia in order to use Vue or React as your front-end framework. So remember that if you remember that inertia is primarily a wire protocol rather than a full, you know, blown um, framework, that should help keep you your, your mind in the right setting in terms of you know it's not really live wire versus inertia. It's not that live wire is getting preferential treatment being on the Laravel website or anything like that. And Iner- because inertia works, you know, with with um, rails and works with other front uh, other backend technology it doesn't really make sense to host you know inertia.livewire at uh, inertia.laravel.com for example whereas livewire doesn't really exist without laravel it works only with laravel um, which is you know totally fine it's built for that use case and the two go hand in hand very nicely um, so basically to sum it up if you want to use Vue or react or some other javascript framework use inertia and then you don't need to worry about livewire but they're definitely not competing exactly in the same space. They True. afford you the same thing, but in but in different ways. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was a good point of clarification. And Caleb talked a little bit, a little bit uh, about this about uh, in his podcast notes on work. Uh, so he's got a little bit more context on that side too. If you're interested in hearing more about that as well. Okay. Well, let's move on to PHP Storm. So everyone's favorite editor, PHP Storm. By the way, I don't know if you watched Nuno's talk um, at Laracon. It was really funny. He said something about VS Code or something being the best editor ever. I think, no, maybe it was Sublime. I can't remember which one he said was the best editor ever. And then like halfway through his talk, he was like, oh, wait, PHP Storm is like sponsoring this event. And he, it was a big smack, you know, smacked his head like, oh, no, <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> so anyway, you do have to be careful with things like that. Right. I know. Seriously. So PHP Storm 2023.2 is now released and has added, here's a big one, Laravel Pint or Pint. Uh, I think it's being called Pint officially now. Laravel Pint to the list of supported quality tools. 
Code style issues reported by Laravel Pint can now be treated like PHP Storm's own code inspections. So this is cool. Nuno, shout out to Nuno, who created Laravel Pint. Uh, so to configure the integration with Laravel Pint, go to settings, PHP, quality tools, and expand the Laravel Pint section. You can also set Laravel Pint as your external formatter of choice, which means it would enable fixing all issues detected by Laravel Pint in one go with that reformat action, which is command option L. So if you're ever on an open file, you're going to command option L. It will do all the pint formatting that it would normally have done for you uh, once you get up to your CI pipeline or whatever. So to enable Laravel Pint as a PHP Storm inspection, you can go to Settings, Editor, Inspections, and then select a checkbox for Laravel Pint validation under PHP Quality Tools. And that will, uh, when that's enabled, it will detect any issues uh, from Laravel Pint, and they will be highlighted in any opened PHP file, or it will be reported in the Problems Tool window. This release included a bunch of other useful features as well, such as improvements for generics in PHP, native support for PHP assertions, an AI assistant, which is in beta, a GitLab integration, and text search inside of Search Everywhere. Check out their What's New page for more details on the release and all the new features. Thank you, PHP Storm. We mentioned before Laravel Sushi. We're getting this shiny new website. And that's what we're going to talk about. Laravel Sushi is the missing array driver for Eloquent, and they just launched a brand new landing page with a fresh new design. Caleb Pozio, the creator of Sushi, announced this on Twitter. Finally, some branding that does this little tool justice. I still use Sushi in nearly every single Laravel app I build. The new design is great. If you want to learn more about Laravel Sushi, we will talk a little bit about that later. There is a tutorial from a friend of the show, Jason Beggs, which we'll talk a little bit more about what sushi is and how does it work? The original sponsorware. How does it work? The original sponsorware. You remember that? That was like the that was a big thing. He was like, was if I thing. get to fifty sponsors, I will release this for general availability. Otherwise, I'm just going to make it available to my sponsors. I think that was the first one. It's pretty cool. Nice job, Caleb. Finally got the finally got that branding nailed. Way to go! Looks great. Okay, PHP Sandbox. So PHP Sandbox is a web app that allows you to quickly prototype or share PHP projects without having to set up a local environment. So this is pretty neat because it allows you to test all kinds of things like the new Slim Skeleton in Laravel 11 or the Livewire Vault demo app or the Laravel Prompts feature that Jess Archer demoed at Laracon. So you can do all of those things right inside of the PHP Sandbox. It automatically provisions a permanent preview URL for your project so you can see those changes instantly. It supports multiple PHP environments and all the PHP extensions that you need, as well as a full-featured Linux environment. It has Git and GitHub integration, so you can import an existing public Composer project from GitHub or export your projects on PHP Sandbox to GitHub. Either way, it goes both directions. The Composer integration allows you to use Composer in your projects uh, while they ensure it keeps working. And then it has a, the ability to customize your environment by configuring it to your liking. You want to change your PHP version or your public directory? No problem. You can do that. So the PHP Sandbox is really a, a really nice playground. Uh, the JavaScript and CSS ecosystem have had playgrounds like CodePen and things like that. But this one for sure is one of the nicest ones available. And the base plan is free. So that's cool. They also have an upgraded professional plan for 6 bucks a month, which includes private repos, email captures, and more. But the base plan works really well for quickly testing out any packages or making demos of your next tutorial. So like, if you're that person, you're like, hey, I'd really like to see how Volt feels, like what that feels like. It's not too big of a deal to set it up locally, right? But you could just spin it up in PHP Sandbox real quick and throw it away when you're done. No big deal. You just want to try it out, go for it. PHP Sandbox allows you to do that. So very cool. Oh man, I love that this is here now. It's true. I've like wanted something like this for a long time. 
And the cool thing is it's not just a short-lived session either. It's a, it, you, you get like a permanent home for your prototype, uh, which is really nice. And it's super configurable too, because in the past they've, there have been ones, but they were only stuck to like a specific version, right? You didn't have things like Composer available to you, or you couldn't configure the environment and things like that. So this is really nice. I'm excited about this. Hmm. Yeah, the one thing with playing around these sandbox environments as well is that you are much more likely to introduce errors. And when that code of yours has errors, even though you are an amazing developer, it's nice to know that Honey Badger has your back. Honey Badger makes you a DevOps hero by combining error, uptime, and check-in monitoring into a single easy-to-use platform, and they'll send you alerts in real time with all the context needed to see what's causing the error, where it's hiding, so you can quickly get on with your day. The included uptime and cron monitoring also lets you know when your external services are having issues or your background jobs go missing or silently fail. You can go to honeybadger.io and discover how Star, Josh, and Ben created a 100% bootstrap monitoring solution, which is important because by being self-funded, it means they answer only to you, the developer with errors, and not the venture capital overlord. You can check them out at honeybadger.io. Thank you very much for being a very long-term sponsor of the Laravel News Podcast. Very nice. Thanks, Honey Badger. Well, we've got some packages and developer tools to talk about next. Let's talk about this first one, which is the Level Up package. This is a Laravel package that introduces gamification into your applications. So if you've ever looked at Laravel News, sorry, not Laravel News, Laracast, sorry, and their message board uh, feature, they have experience points, they have different levels that you can get to, they have achievements and things like that. And this package uh, makes up the, has these three concepts that make up the gamification, which are the same, right? Experience points, levels achievements. Uh, so once you import the give experience trait on your user model, you can then unlock various methods to work with the gamification API, such as add points, deduct points, set points, get points. And then you can also create levels for your app with the following API. So you could say level one, next level experience equals null. So that's like everybody who has any experience at all, zero or more, you get level one. And then level two, next level experience equals, and then a number of experience points you need to get that. And up the chain you go. This also reminds me of like those old forums you used to have where the more you posted, the different levels you would get and you'd get named levels, mm -hmm. right? Like Postmaster or like whatever. Depending on what board you were on, they yeah. would have different levels that you could earn that was sort of were branded with the particular type of board you were on. So if you were on like a motorcycle board, it'd be like, I don't know. I'm I'm just I don't I'm not I'm not in the mood to make crap up, but you get what I'm saying. I think you understand, <laughs> you understand what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's also yeah. these achievements as well. So you can say achievement create, and then you can name it. You can say if it's secret or not. Then you can give it a description and an image, and then you can unlock or grant achievements uh, for a particular user by saying user grant achievement, and then pass in that achievement, uh, and that will give that to them. You can also set achievement progress, so you can say. Uh, user grant achievement, name it, uh, and pass in the achievement, and then say progress like 50%. So if they are halfway to achieving, uh, you know, Laravel master question answerer, you can let them know how far along they are to encourage them to continue progressing towards that goal. Okay. It also supports auditing, tracking when a user gains points, levels up, levels up, et cetera. And you can learn more about that package or get full installation instructions by looking at the show notes today. Very good. Thanks for writing that one up, Paul Redmond, everyone's favorite human. Haven't seen Paul in a while. Why wasn't Paul at Laracon? Come on, Paul. What's going on? Don't know. I don't know. Too busy either. playing golf, probably. It's probably true. It's probably true. Okay, on to you, my friend. All right. Genesis is a starter kit for the tall stack. A lot of love 
or the tool stack. Indeed. Uh, it's Sounds built good. with Laravel Folio and Vault. It contains authentication, a user dashboard, and a profile page, as well as a handful of Blade UI components. The preset is new. Obviously, Folio and Vault are still in beta and were only released a couple of weeks ago and is intended to be installed in a fresh Laravel application. Genesis comes with the following pages that will help speed up starting a new application using the tool stack. There is an auth confirmation page, a login page, a register page, a reset page, a token page, a verify page, and a profile edit page. Check out the project's wiki to learn more about how these pages work. And besides these pages, you are also provided some UI components. It is an excellent resource to see how they work in Genesis and learn more about building your own UI components in a tool application. To get started with the toolkit, check it out on GitHub at the devdojo slash Genesis. The package is new and still a work in progress, but seems like a very useful way to get started with tool, vault, and folio. I think this is really nice seeing, um, you know, obviously we've got the, uh, the starter kits from Laravel. That that sort of target, you know, basic blade stuff. Sure, I forget the name of it. It's it's not it's not coming to me now. Um, but we've got Jetstream and we've got um, all of that kind of stuff. This is this is just another another option for you, especially if you're familiar with the tool stack or if you wanted to look at Vault and and Folio. You know, some approaches there. And Tony has been working. Tony Tony Lee from the Dev Dojo has has been working with Livewire at a high level for a really long time. And so it's nice to see that he was able to kind of sit down and churn this out in the weekend and uh, and give you something all to look at. It looks really polished for a weekend's worth of work, to be honest. And and the fact that this is, you know, two weeks removed from Laracon US where it was announced is is pretty incredible work. So shout out to Tony for that one. Absolutely. And on that same train, we have Bolt. And Bolt is a Laravel form builder for the tall stack shocker. So this includes a front and back end uh, UI it enables your users to create forms with a lot of configuration options such as breaking a form into sections, various input types, and more. The administration panel also allows you to enable or disable a form, change the form presentation mode, and require a login to complete that particular form. So once you create a form, you can render it within any blade template using the provided components. So you're just going to say livewire colon bolt dot fill dash form slug equals and then the name of the form that you've created, in this case being feedback. It also includes a lot of other features such as managing the submissions or uh, forms. It's highly customizable for the front end. Uh, you can form section grouping, controlling the start and end dates of submissions, optional a requirement of login. It's built with the tall stack. It uses filament as an admin panel. Add any field from the filament plugins, text input validation rules, multi-language, and more. So you can check that out at larazeus.com slash bolt. And you can find the source code on GitHub at Larazeus slash bolt or find it in the show notes. I like it. Clever. Larazeus bolt. A um, lot of energy. We talked about this, I think maybe on our, our other show about, you know, just the energy that, that comes out of Laracons and and sort of the passion that, that you come out with and all of this new tooling. And then particularly on the back of Aaron Francis's excellent publishing your work talk, you know, everyone is out there at the moment publishing their work. They're feeding off their energy from Laracon, all of the new stuff, all of the new tools that are out. Um, it's amazing to see all of this kind of, you know, we get this surge every year after Laracon, well, not for the last couple of years, but, you know, we get this surge after Laracon, US where everyone's really jazzed about the framework and the direction and all of the new things to to sort of play with. So it's really cool to see that. Um, and on that note, into the tutorials, we've got two tutorials here from our friend Jason Beggs. The first one is leading on from what we've just talked about, learn Livewire 3, Vault and Folio by building a podcast player. 
so the you know folio came out we talked about that already um it is a powerful page-based router designed to simplify writing in laravel applications and vault which is an elegantly crafted functional api for livewire allowing a component's php logic and blade templates to coexist in the same file with reduced boilerplate and although they may be used separately i think using them together is a new and incredibly productive way to build laravel apps and in this article from Jason, he will teach you how to build a complete app that lists out episodes of the Laravel News Podcast, the one that you're listening to right now, which is very meta, and allows users to play them with a player that can seamlessly continue playing across page loads. So you've got persistent playback of this thing. So Jason will take you through setting up Livewire, Vault, and Folio, talks you through um, the episode episode models um, using Sushi, which is a package that we just spoke about earlier, um, and talks about getting all that set up for yourself then using it, creating your layout view, creating your episode list page, um, creating your player page as well, and um, you know episode details and all that kind of stuff. So it takes you from start to finish. Talks about SPA mode, which is you know where you can click through different parts of the the application whilst still keeping the play- so you don't you know your player doesn't stop going as you're clicking through the website, which is which is nice functionality. So it's something that you can check out. The demo is available online. Um, Bo Sunsky created a PHP sandbox of it. Everything's tying together this week. Um, so it definitely is, check all that is. out. And thanks to thanks to Jason for putting that one together for us. Okay. We also have another tutorial for uh, by Chris Fadao, who is Server for Hackers guy. The Server for Hackers guy. It's funny because I saw him at Laracon again this year and I introduced him to one of the guys that was there with me. And he's like, oh, you're Chris. And he's like, yeah, it's like hard to tell from his avatar, right? His avatar hasn't changed ever. It's the same one where he's got the beanie on and he's yeah. like looking all scary, yeah. like, uh, you know, Blair Witch Project style. It's funny. But anyway, uh, he's still kicking it, doing all his good stuff out there. So path settings for Laravel is the tutorial he's talking about here. So for Laravel development, Laravel development we often find ourselves typing commands like, dot slash vendor slash bin slash pest to run project specific commands. So if you want to run the version of pest that's installed for the particular project that you're currently seeded into, that's what you're going to do. Dot vendor slash bin slash pest, right? His his argument here is we don't need to do that. To help here, we can update our Mac path variable, the dollar sign path variable. So he talks about what exactly the path variable is. Uh, and how you can figure out what your current path variable is set to, and then how you can set relative directories inside of path as well. And by doing so, it will allow you to be able to run those commands to just say artisan instead of having to type dot slash artisan or PHP artisan. So these are the settings that he has in place in Chipper CI so that users can run pest or PHP unit without having to worry about where the command exists in their CI environments. Chipper CI is a CI pipeline uh, continues uh, integration, continues deployment uh, process that David Hemphill and Chris Fidal have built together. So if you've not heard about that before, check that out. Uh, and then he also talks about, as a final note here, that the order uh, matters in the path variable. So when a command is being searched for, the earlier directories are searched first. So the system will use the first command found, which means you can override a system command by placing it in a directory earlier in the path, which is why you would want to prepend dot slash vendors dot slash bin uh, into the path instead of append it to the very end because you want the one that's more specific rather than the one that's less specific towards the top. Okay, there we have it. There's that one. Thanks so much, Chris Fidel. And lastly, native PHP. Lastly, yes. This is a tutorial from Shane Rosenthal. So thanks, Shane, for putting this one together. Native PHP was created by Marcel Posiot and the Beyond Code crew. 
which allows Laravel developers to leverage all of the working knowledge we already have with Laravel to build native Mac, Windows, and Linux applications. Christoph Rumpel has been working on a, a menu bar application that you can track your friends, what time zones they're in, and you know whether they're behind. It's useful for you and me because you know the time <laughs> difference. Yes. So, in this article, Shane uh, puts together a Mac menu bar application that does the same kind of thing where you can track the um, the local time of each member of your team. He talks a little bit about how um, native PHP works, installing it, getting a, a basic application up running, and then runs you through putting together a menu bar application, similar to what Christoph has done. Um, if you've been following along or if you haven't, we'll have links to all of that in the show notes for you anyway. But check this all out. Um, thanks to Shane for the article. Absolutely. Folks, that wraps us up on episode 197. Again, today is August 9th, not July 27th. So sorry about that. You can find show notes for this episode at podcast.laravel-news.com slash 197. If you like the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you'd rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be amazing. Hit us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Benita, or at Laravel News. Until next time, my friends, we'll see you later. Bye.